Praise God. I want to thank you. We just got back uh, Tuesday, Monday night uh, from uh, Pakistan. I want to show you just a little clip of what took place. You saw the first meeting, but this is a combination of both of them. And somebody said, well, why you do it on Easter? Why not? That's what salvation is all about. Amen. Praise God. So can we show that little clip? the Father's business tonight. The Father's business is to save from sin. God has a miracle for you tonight. There's going to be special prayer for children here as well. Network reaching 160 nations uh, has given us a slot to come in and teach the doctrines of the Bible, teach what we believe. And uh, so that's exciting that uh, we'll be able to teach them things that they will be able to uh, incorporate in their life. So uh, 
we are appreciative of all of that. Praise God forever. Hmm. Praise the Lord. All right, let's turn our Bibles today to Isaiah 59, 1 through 8. Isaiah 59, 1 through 8. This tells what separates man, but then it tells us in the next few verses the condition of man. And it says this, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. And your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity, and your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue has muttered perverseness. None calleth for justice and pleadeth for truth. The trust in vanity and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. They hatch cockatrice eggs and weave the spider's web he that eateth of their eggs dieth, and that which he is crushed be breaketh out into a viper. Their web shall not become garments, neither shall they cover themselves with their works. Their works are works of iniquity, and the axe of violence is in their hands. Their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity and wasting and destruction are in their paths. The way of peace they know not and there is no judgment in their going and they have made them crooked paths and whosoever goeth therein shall not know peace. Our sins have separated us from God. Now I want to talk to you in, in simple forms and most of you will understand this and know and could tell the story maybe better than I could. But I'm going to tell you the story why do we need Easter? Why do we need a day where redemption is accomplished for mankind? Number one, Sin has separated all men from God. The Bible says for all, that is an all-inclusive word, man, woman, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now the reason I know that all men have sinned is because that when Adam sinned, clear back in the Garden of Eden, because many people say, but I, I haven't sinned like Adam did. I didn't do this, or I haven't murdered anybody. I haven't, uh, you know, robbed a bank. I haven't stolen from the poor. I haven't done any of those things, so I really haven't sinned. But the Bible already states that we are sinners. And we became sinners when Adam sinned. See, when Adam sinned, we were in his loins. All men and all women were in the loins of Adam. So when Adam sinned, we all became sinners. And so every man has sinned and comes short of the glory of God. Now the Bible says in Romans 5, 6, if you'll quickly turn there, Romans 5, 6 tells us about how, one, how death entered into the earth and that it passed upon all men. That's Romans 5, 6. And when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man one will die, yet preadventure for a good man some would even dare 
to die. But God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from a wrath to come. For if when we were yet enemies, we were reconciled unto God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, he, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world. That's the story of sin. Is that Adam sinned? Therefore, it, death came. Death is a separation from God. That death came because of Adam's sin. But we are in Adam's loins. Therefore, if Adam sins, we have sinned. Could again, amen. Everybody understand that. And death by sin. So death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So all have sinned because we were in the loins of Adam. Now let me tell you what sin is. Sometimes people think that sin is just doing a right or doing a wrong. Doing one action. Well, sin is far deeper than that. Sin is not just an act, but becomes the foundation of a system of life. Listen to what I just said. Sin, a life that separates man from God, becomes a foundation of a system. A system that is separated from life. And it produces an ongoing sin. Once you do one wrong, guess what? Another wrong comes. If you tell a lie, you have to tell another one. Amen? If you've stolen, you will steal again. And so this life, this sin, puts us into a system. A system of repetitive sin that is separated from the life that God has for you. That's why sin is so dangerous to the Christian. Because it doesn't just mean that you did something wrong. If you continue in unrepented sin, you step into a system, a system that rules your life. And that system has everything to do with you and not with God or with others. And so in this sin system, Satan uses it to rule all mankind to fulfill his will. And when we sin, though it may not happen tomorrow or the next day, when we sin, we become the servants of sin, or we give Satan the foundation to rule us by his system. And you and I start doing things that Satan wants us to do. Now, it may we, be, we may be blind to it, but sure enough, it happens to us. And then... Satan does what? Satan and his rule in sin cannot, cannot be broken by man. Why? Because man doesn't have what it takes to pay the cost of his freedom from sin. Well, why doesn't he have the cost that it takes. Remember, the wages of sin is what? Death, separation from God. But we have already 
been separated from God because we were in the loins of Adam. When God put Adam out of the garden, guess what? We all went with him. All of the children of the world went with Adam outside of the Garden of Eden. Therefore, we were all dead. And if you are enslaved and want to buy your freedom, then you have to have enough to pay the price. But since man is already dead, he doesn't have life to pay. Amen? He doesn't have life to pay, therefore he is bound hopelessly in sin. Now, God's purpose for sending Jesus Christ was to destroy sin and Satan's power over mankind because of the separation from God. Now, we as Christians understand that we could not be freed, but God had a plan. Somebody say God had a plan. In other words, God loves us so much that he can't be idle when he sees us in need. He cannot be idle when he sees us in need because love is the motivator of everything that God does for you and I. Remember that no man would die uh, for an unrighteous man, but maybe a right man, some would. But God commended his love unto you and I when we were yet sinners. Now, we understand that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through one Jesus Christ. So we understand the power of sin and being interwoven into the system that constantly repeats itself, always giving the devil a greater foundation in our life. Saints, this is why it's so important that you and I live a righteous life. Now, I understand that today is that we want to preach salvation and we want to preach, you know, uh, repentance so that sinners can get saved. And, and I want to do that, and I'm headed that way, but please understand that I am a shepherd and I am to watch over the flock of God and to keep them so you understand that I'm as concerned for the righteous as I am the unrighteous. That I am concerned about those that do know God as well as I am for those that don't know God. So the Bible says that God's soul of the world, that he gave his only begotten son, why did God give his only begotten son? He gave his only begotten son because that was the only thing that could be paid, that could be given to pay for the sin that man had committed. See, Jesus was not born of Adam's seed. He was born of God's seed. He was born of a woman. Therefore, the seed of Adam that would have come from Adam was not involved in the birth of Jesus. Jesus was born of a virgin, and the Bible says that the Holy Ghost spoke and said that that thing that when the Holy Ghost comes up on you, Mary, that thing that is born of you shall be the Son of God. Well, God was never, was never committed sin, so he was not dead. 
So when Jesus comes, what does he have? He has life. But he loves us so much that he's willing to give his life for you and I. Now remember the condition of man, Isaiah 59. Remember the condition of man, Romans, the third chapter, verse 7, clear on down to the end of the chapter. There is none that seeketh God. There is none that is righteous. They are all blasphemers. They are all liars. They are all wretched. They are all perverted. There is none that desires or seeks God. Yet God cannot contain himself to let man be bound because he has a plan for our life. So he himself sends his only begotten son. And if you go to Hebrews, the second chapter, and let me see, it's in verse 14, Hebrews 2.14, it tells you why Jesus came the way that he came. And then it says this, Hebrews 2.14, For so much then, as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death that is the devil. Remember, Jesus came to exchange his life for our life. He came to die for our sins. Now, he did that for the sole purpose to destroy the ability of Satan to rule man. He did it so that you and I could be above the power of sin. And so, then it says in verse 15, and to deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. In other words, man is paralyzed when he realizes God is not with him. That's where fear comes in. But you and I are not afraid of anything because God's love paralyzes fear. And God's love says that he is with us and we are with him. That's what the love of God says. And then in verse 16, it says, And verily he took on him not the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham, or the likeness of a man. Wherefore, in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in all things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. He came to make reconciliation for sins. He came to pay the price. Now in paying the price, man is reconciled back unto God. In other words, he is bestowed back into the place of favor as if he had never left it. As if he'd never left it. So we understand that Jesus came to give his life for you and I, because we don't have enough to pay the price of life, because we are already separated from God. But Jesus, he's never been separated from God. But Jesus comes and he says, I have life. I will give my life for their sins that they may live because of my 
paying their debt. Now, we were not bought by silver and gold. Sin is far greater than just mere monetary value. Sin is a spiritual thing that has to be dealt with on spiritual levels. That's why Jesus came and gave his life for our sins. 1 Peter 1.18, For you know that ye were not redeemed with silver and gold from your vain life or conversation received through the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious, precious Randy, just broke that down, precious blood of Jesus Christ. It is the most precious, valuable substance in the world. Yet Jesus gives it. And the blood of Christ as a lamb without spot or without blemish, without spot, was his was he ordained to do so before the foundations of the world, but was manifest in these last times so that you and I could be free from our sin. What kind of love is that? Immeasurable. The Bible says in Leviticus 17, 11, that the life of a human being is in the blood that flows in his flesh. And if you cause the blood to become separated from the flesh, it creates the absence of life. That's why Jesus hung on the cross and died. He did that because in dying... He shed his blood or gave his life. Therefore, he paid the wages of sin, yet he paid our wage for our sin in our place as a substitute. Could again, amen? Now, this is the reason for Easter is that Jesus Christ came to give life for death. And in giving his life for death, we now live because of him. 2 Corinthians 5.18, all things are of God who hath reconciled unto us un himself unto us by Jesus Christ. The word reconciled means that God paid the price that he may gather that which was not his back to himself. That's how valuable you and I are to God. He gave his life so that you and I which are not even interested in God, we are in the system of repetitive sinfulness. Yet, while we are yet sinners, God sends his son to shed his blood at Calvary that you and I could be free. The blood of Jesus saves us from sin as well as breaks the foundation of Satan's rule over our life and then frees us from the penalty of transgression. It does more than just free you from sin and Satan's rule and the curse but it also simultaneously joins you back to God as sons and daughters.
It gives you and I access to all of the promises of God. The blood of Jesus does. Somebody say the blood. The blood gives us access to all the promises of God. But without the blood, we are just sinners with no hope. But thank God that because of his love, he could not restrain himself from doing whatever was needful for you and I to be free from sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It gives us access to every promise. It gives us access to abundant life. And you know, the blood of Jesus will give you a better life than you could ever give yourself. Revelations 12, 10 and 11 says that believers overcame him, the devil, by the blood of Jesus and the word of their testimony. In other words, it tells us that the power that is in the blood is never released unless it comes across the lips of a man filled with faith. In other words, when the devil comes, tell him what the blood said it would do. Tell the devil... I am an overcomer. You can't cross the blood. See, when we look at the Passover lamb in the Old Testament, there was blood on each doorpost and one up on the mantle. What did that say? When the devil came up to the door, what did it say? We are already dead. It says death has already been paid. So there's no sense in him crossing over into a dead man's house. The blood, remember, it was a life of the flesh. And when it was applied, it said there had been death rendered for this house. In other words, somebody had paid the debt. And you can't come in. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Remind him of the promise that the blood guaranteed you. That would become reality. Jesus' blood that flowed through his sweat in Gethsemane, did what? It restored the power of free will. You know, man was not a free will moral agent until Jesus came and restored choice. There was no choice Till Jesus came, now you get to choose life. The stripes of Jesus brought healing back to your life. Brought healing back to your life. It is the blood that flowed from those stripes that guarantee you That healing belongs to you. You must open your mouth and proclaim the blood of his stripes has cleansed me and healed me. The crown of thorns broke the curse and brought back your prosperity 
the blood, the crown, replaced the curse. Jesus' hands that bled brought back what? The touch of blessing and increase back to mankind. Whatever you put your hands to, God will prosper. God will prosper. The feet of Jesus that shed blood brought back your dominion over every place that you will walk in life. You are in charge, not your circumstances. Jesus' pierced heart brought back Joy. Joy. Maybe from betrayal. Maybe joy that had been lost because of a lie. Division. Strife. Unendless. Opportunities that Christians can destroy one another because they're caught in the system of sin. We tie God's hands. My people who are called by my name, they will humble themselves. Stop being so prideful, thinking it's their way or no way. It is the way of God that the humble live by. And then God will heal the land. But we must stop defiling and polluting our own land. The bruises that were on Jesus' body brought deliverance from hurts. Hidden wounds. He is the healer of the brokenhearted. Jesus' blood, hallelujah, bought for you a free conscience. The price has been paid. But you owe and you do this. No, no, no. No condemnation. No remembrance of sin. The debt has been paid. I have died in one Christ Jesus. His blood frees us from guilt, condemnation, and even bought you peace of mind. Ephesians 1, 7 says it bought us forgiveness. Revelation 1, 5 says it bought us redemption as well as a new identity. Kings and priests under our God. Romans 5, 9, it justifies us, makes us as guiltless as any man or woman could have ever been. The blood of Jesus was shed to free us from guilt and remembrance. The blood of Jesus was shed for us that you and I could enter into the presence of God. Purity holiness, righteousness, cleansing. That is ours. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. <clears throat> I want to do something... Uh, probably might be weird to you, but I'm going to do what I'd like every teen. And if your teen looks at you and says, oh, I don't want to go down there, you just remind them. I put food in your belly and get down there if you want it. 
Quit letting your kids tell you what they're going to do and who they're going to be. Did you hear me? Stop it. You are the parent. You are not their buddy. Amen. You are not their mother, Jeff. You are their parent. So here's what I like. I want every young adult from 25 clear down into the teens, the age of 13, I want them all right up here. <clears throat> Just line yourself up right down that bottom step. Come on, clear on around here. Clear down, yep. I'm not telling you that you are this. But what I'm telling you is many of you are enthroned and captive to a demonic, sinful system. And you can't get free until you repent. I believe that Easter is a day of new beginnings. And so, I would not presume that you're doing anything. You're probably the only white sheep in the bunch. But, I know that you wrestle with things and you struggle with things. So what I'm going to ask you to do, I'm going to ask you to say to yourself, what sin, what have I been doing that perpetuates something that is not pleasing to God? Everybody has to go through this. He that is spiritual judges himself. I'm not so naive to think that boyfriends and girlfriends don't dabble in stuff that they shouldn't dabble in. Your hands until you get married are to be used only for scratching your own rear end and picking your own nose. But the problem is that's not where it ends. And so whatever you're having a problem with I want you to sincerely at this moment, you don't have to shout it out. We're not going to put you on the microphone. But I'm asking you to look at your life, to have a new beginning. And I believe that God will strengthen you. And when you do, I'm going to grant you absolution. You know what that means? Absolution is a granting of freedom from something that you never ever, as if you've never ever committed it. So, and your mother and fathers are going to grant you absolution also. In other words, we're not going to make you tell us what you were up here for. But I'm trusting that you're going to be free from it and you're going to get free from it and you're going to stay free from it. Because if not, you'll get into the cycle. You'll get into this system that just because you don't suffer the repercussions of it immediately, that you'll think that God's condoning it. And he's not. You know right and wrong. So, Ashley, where's my Ashley? There, can you sing that song for me? All right, and then we're, we're going to Give them a couple minutes and you just look at your life and whatever you have in it that you know that it should not be in, then I want you to repent of it. I want you to repent of it. Go ahead, Ashley. 
what the mercy of God can do. If you knew me then, you believe me now. He turned my whole life upside down, took the old and he made it new. It's just what the mercy of God can do. Now I'm alive to tell the story how I've overcome by his goodness and mercy and the power of the blood. I'm so glad that my freedom wasn't based on what I've done. Oh, his goodness and mercy and the power of love. There's nothing like the blood of Jesus It's redeeming. I thought I deserved to be six feet beneath the For all the things I've done, things I've said, choices made that I regret, oh, I would still be lost, oh, but for the mercy of God. Now I'm alive to tell the story how I've overcome. By his goodness and mercy and the power of the blood, I'm so glad that my freedom wasn't based on what I've done. Oh, his goodness and mercy and the power of the blood. Was the cross meant for me that my Savior carried? Now I've been made free by the mercy of God. Was the grave meant for me where my sin? I want you to begin to turn from where you are right now. Don't continue the system. Don't continue to let Satan rule you. The end is not good. So, whatever it is that you're dealing with, I want you, as she sings this song, to repent of it. Repent of it. Jesus is calling you. Easter was the price he paid to free you from sin, not that you could stay in that system. So please take this opportunity to repent. Okay, Ashley. Was the cross meant for me that my Savior carried? Now I've been made free by the mercy of God. Was the grave meant for me where my sin lay buried? Now I stand redeemed by the mercy of God. Was the cross meant for me that my Savior carried? Now I've been made free by the mercy of God. Was the grave Mercy of God. 
moment on this Easter this moment on at 1140 on Easter of 2022 I declare over each and every one of you out of the sincerity of your heart And we grant to you absolution. That means there'll be no remembrance. That means I would never think about it. That means your parents will not think about it. They're just glad that you've repented. You've broken the cycle of the system. Don't step back in it. Resist it. Fight it. Don't get caught into it. There's nothing good at its end. I grant each and every one of you absolution. As if you had never committed anything. I used to be a teenager. Yeah, I used to be one. And I wasn't a good one. But you're better than I am. And so you are going to go forth and I want to commend you for repentance. I want to commend you for coming up. I want to commend you for looking at your life because I want, I want you to go to heaven. I really do. We have no plans on leaving any of you go to hell. All righty? Okay, now God... I ask you to bless these. Father, you have cleansed them from all unrighteousness. And God, I loose blessing upon their life. Now God, increase them, <coughs> guide them, and God, keep them. And God, let them understand the power of the blood of Christ and the blessedness that they have by living under its power. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may return to your seats. Thank you for being a part of that. <coughs> I'm sure that every adult is glad that their kid was here. But you know, every person has two feet. So I'm going to challenge you today that if you've been doing things in your family that are not conducive to righteous living, you've been doing things that is sending red flags to your children, confusing them. You know, you know we say we love God, but then we fight and cuss each other. Well, you got to love your spouse as much as you love your brother. And sometimes we put so much stuff into our kids' lives that they just can't get beyond the load of it all. So I'm going to ask you that if you're doing things that you say, you know what, I need to stop that. And it's everything from talking, smack talk, talking about other people, you know, doing this, doing that, you know, believing a half a lie, starting a lie, you know, all that kind of stuff. Folks, that's not good stuff. That's not Jesus. Amen? So I'm going to ask you, if you've been doing it, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet right now. And we're going to get it behind us. Amen? So that we can be absolved from this day forward. 
So just go ahead and jump to your feet. I know you're all waiting. Just take a moment. Go ahead, Ashley, sing that. Take a moment and repent right now. Just turn from it. Father, by the authority of your word and the power of the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ, we thank you, God, that we are not just saved by the blood, but that, God, we are protected and rescued perpetually by the blood. And God, today, in your stead, as it would be for me to preach the gospel, I declare absolution upon each and every one of your lives and your homes. I proclaim that from this day forward, Easter morning at 1146, 2022 that absolution for all past transgressions was granted to you there is no remembrance of it not in those that we have wronged not in those that we live with not from our spouses or our children we receive absolution today. And God, I grant it to them in your stead, in Jesus' name. Now, will everybody please stand to your feet? If you're here today and you quickly say, you know what, Pastor, I'm not a Christian. If that is you today, I want you to raise your hand up real high wherever you are raise your hand up high if I don't see it somebody get my attention come on if you're not a Christian today there's one somebody else come on God knows you're not and and you know you're not come on Wherever you are, come on, raise your hand up. Okay. Uh, Jim, would you go pray for him? Steve, thank you. Go ahead, guys. Hallelujah. Got two of them. Good, good. Somebody else. Don't let this moment pass you. There's nothing in your future you want without God. Another one back here. All right, good. Keep your hand up. Now, will somebody around them quickly lay hold of them so that you can pray with them? 
Anybody else? Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the power of the blood. Transform every sinner into a saint. Every imprisoned people, person, God, into a free. God, every cursed person into a blessed one. God, we thank you. The glorious resurrection of one Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now, God, I bless every individual here. I bless every couple. I bless every business. I bless God every home. I bless God and nothing can curse. Now, God, I loose the goodness of God upon these people. Let the peace of God that passes understanding, God, engulf their homes and their lives. Oh, God, thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you, and let's celebrate Easter all day. Hallelujah.